This is Dr. What? Dr. Where? Stories of Rural Medicine. It's the podcast exploring what it's like to further your training and practice medicine in regional Victoria. Sports and exercise medicine is quite a new area of medicine with limited places to study rurally. These can be found in Bendigo, Ballarat and Cairns. We're going to explore the rural placements on offer in Victoria in this episode. There's heaps of grassroots sporting clubs with a need for qualified doctors in regional Victoria, as well as plenty of pro athletes. But the big area of practice is in the gap between GPs and orthopaedics. I like to think of sports and exercise medicine as a, as a sort of the culmination, if you will, of the best parts of emergency medicine, orthopaedic surgery, general practice as well. And you get to be kind of a personal trainer too. This is Dr. James Oy, a first year sports and exercise medicine registrar working at Ballarat Orthopaedic and Sports Medicine. Dr. Oy was attracted to this field quite early on, and despite not knowing much about some of the sports he's worked with, he's been able to gather experience both in practice and on the field. As an entry point, you just need to have, I think, a passion and an interest in learning about musculoskeletal medicine. So. I started off with a local footy club and somehow ended up as the uh, VFL doctor for the Western Bulldogs, all without having grown up really following the footy or knowing about the sport at all. Um, there was a lot of intermittent chatter on the sidelines, me asking the physios and the, and the training staff, what's going on? I don't really know how to follow the play. Uh, when can I run on and see the patient? When, when, do I, when am I allowed to bring them off? Um, where do I have to bring them off and how? But those sort of logistics come naturally um, when you're in that environment, if you're open to learning and speaking with your colleagues. I've learned an incredible amount from not only the physios with, on teams, but other sports trainers, uh, osteopaths and, and coaching staff as well in terms of the logistics of return to, returning a player to play. I think though, unfortunately, the title of sports and exercise medicine is a little bit of a misnomer. Um, and the college actually changed the... Uh, name from the College of Sports Medicine to the College of Sports and Exercise Medicine to try to rectify that in that probably and certainly now during the lockdown the vast majority of my patients are not elite athletes or actively in competition. My patients are, are people like you or myself who enjoy being physically active, recognize it as a healthy part of living both at a physical and psychological level but we all get injuries when we play sport that's always a risk and actually sometimes the weekend warrior is more at risk because of conditioning. But there's no reason that the general public shouldn't have access to the same level of care as the elite athlete. And so that's where I feel um, my role steps in. And you're out here practicing as a registrar in Ballarat. Mm-hmm. Was regional practice always on the cards for you? Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, after toiling for three years at, at major um, trauma hospital in Melbourne, I, I really was ready to um, have a bit of a move. My schedule before had basically been full-time, you know, resident doctor work, registrar work at the hospital, and then moonlighting at these sporting sort of events on the, on the side. So I wanted a, a change of scenery and I've really much enjoyed the different pace, I think here in Ballarat compared to Melbourne. And more than that, I think the collegiality, especially if you're gonna enter a field like this, which is primarily private practice or clinic-based practice, the collegiality between referrers, whether they be orthopaedic surgeons, physiotherapists and, allied, and other allied health services, getting to know those people on a personal level, all the guys here in Ballarat have my phone number and I have theirs, it makes conversations geared towards patient care 
um, really, really easy. And I think that's um, an understated benefit as a new registrar coming into um, your first year of specialty training. When you're attending those events and you're a doctor that gets onto the field and helps players with the injuries that they have, a lot of the time you'll be the only doctor there. Do you find that was a little bit of a challenge and a stretch? Yeah, certainly. There's a lot of pressure, especially as you start out. You're used to being, you know, when you're an intern or as in the hospital setting, there's always a registrar to turn to. Short of that, you've got your consultant on call, someone you can call to higher up. It does take some time to build up the confidence, but I think the more pre-learning and study you do in terms of emergency care, um, first aid, um, and being exposed to a wide range of conditions, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. But if you can at least keep the patient safe and know how to escalate treatment accordingly, for example, does this patient need to be stretched off? Do they need to go to an emergency department? Then that's pretty much better than most other people would expect. And if you can do that, then you've bought yourself some time. And the second most important thing would be to find mentors and senior people within the field. Because once you've got the patient safe, you've got time to give them a ring, they can give you some advice over the phone. And that's certainly how I started out. I would recommend actually doing stuff at a, at a community level first, particularly in places like Ballarat, where often teams are really welcoming to, to have any support that, that that is offered. Because, for example, if you leap straight into the you know, state or professional levels, sometimes the addition of media and um, video coverage can be a little bit daunting. What's the demand like in a place like Ballarat for sports and exercise medicine? Oh, it's huge. I mean, we here at Ballarat OSM are the only sports and exercise medicine specialty provider throughout Western Victoria. So anyone who's more than an hour out of Melbourne, we're actually closer for them in this part of town. There's been more than a few patients who've come in saying that they were otherwise going to have to, or they have done previously travel all the way down to Melbourne for that specialty consultation or for, that, or for advice. And sometimes that appointment's only 15, 20 minutes. So is it worth the ride? Well, then you get issues with patient compliance and patients not being able to fulfill those appointments and therefore getting lesser degree or follow up with healthcare. It's a very young specialty sports and exercise medicine, but we know, for example, that the amount of musculoskeletal complaints, you know, you, we all know someone who's got a bit of back pain. We all know someone who complains of a bad knee. It's universal and it's only going to increase as our population numbers increase in these, in these sort of regions as well as our age on, on average increases across Australia. The more we can do to provide primary care to ensure early intervention for best outcomes before things get any worse, and also to prevent patients needing surgery down the track is obviously going to be beneficial. Most especially, I think, I've seen this role benefit in the public setting, which is something that's not a feature yet in metropolitan areas, but... The emergency department here locally has been really embracing of my role within their department. And we know that musculoskeletal complaints that present to emergency often don't require a hospital admission, but it's patients who have an issue that they don't know any other way to deal with it. And so by me being there, I'm able to provide a specialty level of care and advice and medical treatment for these conditions that will one, give the patient hopefully a better outcome, 
but also prevent recurrent presentations and overloading of the local hospital emergency departments and, and wards. What does the future look like for you in this specialty? Everyone um, asks me what kind of professional sport I want to cover in future, but to be honest, I love this community-based stuff. As you can tell from my sort of background when I said I wanted to do initially things like rheumatology or something um, with a lot of follow-up, I, I really think that intervening at the public level as a primary health prevention sort of mechanism and maximizing quality of life and function is where I want to be. And that's for the people, regardless of level activity, regardless of walk of life. So I see myself hopefully staying in uh, clinical practice for some time, seeing general public, weekend warriors, trying to manage musculoskeletal conditions in a way that doesn't require surgery or anything more aggressive, trying to prevent the onset of obesity, non-communicable disease, diabetes, all these sort of things um, with low risk early intervention. Ultimately, I have a pipe dream that we could introduce this to some of the public hospitals across Australia and across Victoria, not just in Ballarat, um, and in an even greater capacity. I'd love to see and I'd love to be part of one of the first sports and exercise medicine faculties in a tertiary institution. I think we decrease the public burden of health and prevent patients from needing more aggressive management strategies. Of course, it'd be fun to dabble in a little bit of professional sports inside, travel with international teams. I think it'd be really cool to go with an Olympic team of, of any description to an international event. But that's one of the beauties of sports medicine, sports and exercise medicine, that you, you get to have everyone across all walks of life. You're treating people at all sort of levels and you get that variety. That's one of the most attractive things about the specialty and something I'm really looking forward to. As this is a relatively young specialty, the practitioners often have to take time to explain exactly what it is they do. Dr. Greg Harris has been practicing in Ballarat for the past four years and describes sports and exercise medicine as one point on a triangle of healthcare. I spend so much time explaining what sports medicine actually is. Everybody thinks, of course, it's mainly about footballers' hamstrings and what goes on in the basketball court. That's actually probably about a quarter of the work that I do. By far the majority of sport and exercise medicine, especially in a rural population like this, is just keeping people going. I often explain it to patients as I'm right in the middle of a triangle between the GPs, the orthopaedic surgeons and the physios. We've got the medical knowledge that the physios don't have, clearly the specialist level knowledge that the GPs sometimes struggle with, but yet we're dealing with the patients who don't actually need operations. So from the, our surgical colleagues, if they see someone who doesn't need an operation, they send them down to see us. They see people who don't need an operation and might need a direction for their rehab to go in or might need an injection into a knee or an ankle or a shoulder to get things going. Vice versa, if I see someone who quite clearly needs a knee reconstruction, I send them up to my surgical colleague. So it works really quite nicely. Australian College of Sports Medicine came into existence about 25 years ago. Um, so it's a really new branch of medicine. As a specialty, it's been recognised and accredited as such for about 10 years now. And the Australian sports medicine training program is probably the, the best structured and probably the, the best recognised around the world. So mm -hmm. if you're going to do sports medicine, Australia's the place to do it. 
How long have you been working in this field? So I've been um, involved in sports medicine since about 2000, so nearly 20 years now. I came out of medical school and went into mainly emergency department medicine because it was broad and general and and exciting. And then I went overseas travelling for a while and while I was over there I did quite a lot of trekking and climbing and mountaineering and got really interested in the altitude medicine and, and sports science side of medicine. From there it was really a matter of what training program could I go into that would give me that sort of involvement and it was you know I'm not a respiratory physician and sports medicine was the, the closest thing and, and I'd also had a strong feel for musculoskeletal medicine and uh, it just all seemed to make sense it all sort of fell into place from there. Given that you've been in this field for about two decades now how have you seen the you know the role of musculoskeletal medicine I guess expand in a way into this sports and exercise area? Yeah, well, I think musculoskeletal medicine is really almost the X factor in, you know, certainly in GP practices, it accounts for about a third of presentations. And while GP training necessarily is broad and all-encompassing, a lot of what we'll present to them gets to the point where it's a little bit out of their out of their league and that's where our you know specialty level training comes into its own we can provide that sort of backup for our gp colleagues there really is a big gulf between that and needing an orthopedic surgeon and clearly there's a gap there that i think we fit how does filling that gap you know change the outcomes for the patient oh it's massive again we talk about sports medicine you you think about the afl players that we looked at. I had the fun of looking after an AFL team for about seven years and that's great fun. It's exciting and interesting. The elite sport is a great place to practice that side of medicine that you don't get in the consulting room and it's high pressure stuff but it's but it's exciting and fun. But again with the bulk of my work being sort of community level exercise medicine it's really just as fulfilling to get someone back doing their regular walk around the lake without foot pain or ankle pain that's been stopping them not only because it's good for their mental health but clearly getting them back and exercising is going to make an enormous difference to their overall general health as well that would make it a really kind of preventative medical field as well yeah it's a really preventative branch of medicine so much of what we know now about lifestyle illnesses all comes down to how much you're exercising so we've got that medical side of our practice in which say with the elite athletes we might have to manage their medical issues so they can perform at an elite level that's also a part of our training but overall just getting people back and exercising in a way that they want to that's vital i can think of almost any number of patients who have seen their GP, had scans, may have had a cortisone injection or two into things, whether it's hip or shoulder, in particular those, let's say hip, two or three cortisone injections into or around their hip. Seen one of my orthopedic colleagues who doesn't have a good operation for them and then come to see me and 
through reorganising their rehab, getting them on the right track with exercises, other injections, say I use a lot of blood injections, for example, for sore tendons, and got them to the point where they can start exercising again. And I've probably lost count of the number of people who have gone from not being able to do anything and stuck on the couch to back walking around the lake or playing tennis or playing golf. And they're actually the, the probably the most fulfilling patients because you know you, they've, you've turned their life around. And that's a pretty good thing. What's the build-up of training been like over the last uh, 10 or 20 years? The college having been in existence for 25-odd years or so, the training program's been around for as long as that. And it's now a really well-structured training program, much like any of the other specialty training programs. You do your three years, postgraduate years in hospital, mainly orthopaedics and related sort of medical fields. And then first part exam, a four-year training program, and then second part exam at the end. There's a research component that needs to be ticked off. There's a variety of academic modules, and you need to spend some time with the elite contact sport teams as well to, to get that side of it too. And it's, it's now a really good quality training program to the point where the AMC, the Australian Medical Council, which accredits training programs on a regular basis recently just gave our college a six-year accreditation which is as good as they can give so it's pretty good what are the opportunities like in regional victoria or regional australia there's very few sports physicians out in regional australia i think partly because we're such a small college there's still only there's still less than 200 australian trained sports and exercise physicians across australia new zealand a few others here and there. So necessarily it's mostly within the big capital cities where our, our colleagues are. Uh, I spent 15 years working at a big practice in Melbourne and at that time worked with elite AFL football and, and other sports. And that's great, but out here in the regions, I think you can make so much more of a difference on a community level. I've always really enjoyed being part of a community at that level and providing the service that otherwise wouldn't be met and again there's that gap there that otherwise well otherwise wouldn't be met yeah would you say that the opportunities are growing in you know regional areas yeah i think so uh, our college is just embarking on a process of looking at how do we build our capacity in regional areas uh, at the moment, for example, in Victoria, there's our practice here in Ballarat. We have a colleague in Bendigo. We've got a colleague who does a day or two a week in Gippsland. And really, that's about it in terms of regional... Oh, and, and of course, Warrnambool. We've got a, a practitioner in Warrnambool and Geelong. That's really it. And that means there's a lot of the state that's undersupplied in terms of our expertise. Have you got any advice for people looking at getting into this field or uh, perhaps you know, starting out regionally? I think to get into sports and exercise medicine, really what you have to do is just be interested. And by that I mean get involved with sporting teams and help out with stuff like that. Look on our website at the College of Sport and Exercise Physicians, call up 
one of us and have a chat and you know, come along to presentations. Well, we can't do many presentations at the moment, but yeah, you know, when we can again come along to events and show your face. Most of the people who've gone on the program have gone along this route of just presenting themselves and showing their interest. And because we're still a small college, everyone knows everyone. And we still like to think of ourselves as a big family, which is nice. To get involved in regional stuff, I think it's a bit the same. I think you just have to show that you're interested and that you're committed to the region. I think the big difference between regional practice and metropolitan practice is that community basis. And communities like Ballarat are pretty close-knit and you've got to show that you're actually committed to the area, otherwise people will not give you a go, which is only fair. Dr. Harris and Dr. Oi have approached this specialty directly from medical school, but there are some doctors within this specialty who arrive here by way of professional sports and other allied health fields. Dr. Sam Harkin is a sports and exercise medicine registrar in Bendigo, who practiced podiatry before heading to medical school. So I studied in Canberra at the ANU, but um, once I finished up, I looked to get back to Victoria to, to complete my internship and, and junior doctor years. And I actually completed my internship in Bendigo, which um, I really, really loved. It was fantastic. I sort of moved down here not knowing any of my fellow junior doctors. And um, by the end of the year, we had a real sense of camaraderie. And I think part of the, the reason it was so good is that there was 30 of us. So you all knew each other really well. You sort of, there were lots of friendly faces and it was a yeah, fantastic place to work. It was a privilege. And there must have been a really diverse range of interest in that cohort as well. Absolutely, yeah. And it's quite funny um, seeing where, where everyone goes and what they what they decide to do to do next. Obviously, there's a lot of people, because I think the Monash, I wasn't super familiar with the Monash program, but a lot of the um, interns were from, from the Monash Clinical School there. And they, I think a lot of them have that rural generalist sort of bent or ED bent that they, they wanted to pursue. And I think the ED training program in Bendigo is quite strong. So they... A lot of people were, were planning to pursue that, but certainly there's a, a real mix, yeah. And what was that training experience like in Bendigo? It was interesting coming from Canberra, where I'd done my pretty much all my clinical rotations as a student. Uh, it's a much bigger hospital, which obviously, you know, has a large trauma catchment. So you, and it's a true, you know, tertiary hospital. And Bendigo is like a smaller version of that to an extent. You, you do have a large catchment area, patients were. Uh, sort of transferred out of there more commonly though. But um, from a junior doctor, doctor perspective, it was fantastic, I think, because it's a bit smaller. So the nurses all know you, the allied health staff all know you. You really feel like you're a part of the, the hospital community. And I think you they trust you quickly and you get lots of opportunities. And I just, I, I loved it. I couldn't really believe my luck. You know, I was so nervous before starting there because as I said, I didn't know anyone and I wasn't sure what to expect, but it was a really positive experience. And I actually found it quite, I went, moved on to the Austin um, for the remainder of my residency in Melbourne, which obviously also a fantastic teaching hospital and, and I had a good experience there, but definitely it was um, more of a challenge, you know, you sort of people getting to know everyone again and it's a much bigger place. It was a different experience, yeah. Was sports and exercise medicine always the plan for you? It actually, yeah, it was. I um, So my original degree was a podiatry degree, so I worked as a podiatrist for a couple of years. So that exposed me, I guess, to what... Um, sport and exercise physicians offer and I, it was something I really aspired to so when I started obviously 
there are lots of things that come across your path in medical school and there's lots of opportunities to be sort of inspired by different specialties. And there were, I was tempted by a few other things, but um, it seemed the thing that I would always come back to, I always liked reading, you know, in my spare time reading about sports medicine, uh, things that the idea of exercise as medicine is something that's always sort of resonated with me. And I feel it's still early days in my training, obviously, but it feels like I've, I've made the right choice. It's interesting. It's an interesting specialty in how young it is and you st I still talk to doctors who don't really understand what we do let alone um, you know people in the community but I think that's exciting as well because it means that the, it's past the stage of us being pioneers but we're, the next step you know the specialty is still deciding what it is and how it can be best useful to the community so I think that's exciting. What piqued your interest about sports medicine more generally? Well it was a, a sporting tragic obviously and a uh, you know a We've all had sports injuries and uh, that have curtailed promising careers, obviously, you know, really promising. <laughs> <laughs> As a mediocre sportsman, I was always um, passionate about it. And I think I always wanted to do something where I combined sport with my, my work, whatever I ended up doing. So as a podiatrist, I was able to do that to an extent. And I think what I really like about it is you, you have a patient cohort that really wants to get better. They put you under pressure. So whether you're working with, you know, elite athletes, which we do, but also people who are just trying to get fit or people who you know, are active on a farm or something like that, particularly in regional areas. Everyone wants a quick result and they're willing to do what they need to do to, to get better. And I think that's that sort of um, keeps you honest, but also motivates you to keep yourself uh, up to date and, and to be always working really hard to do the best for your, for your patients. So I think that's the thing I like about it the most. You know, it's a nice mix of, so generally sports and exercise physicians will be working most will be working in sport in some capacity as well as in private practice. So you, my, my personal experience is, has been in sort of contact sports. And so it's a nice combination of that sort of acute care, you know, pitch side medical management of things as quickly as you can, which can be really minor, you know, cuts and scrapes, but it can be quite serious head injuries and cervical spine issues and that sort of thing. Um, so I really like the mixture of the clinical work, but also a little bit of trauma, you know, and sort of low resource high pressure care for people, which, you know, when you do it well, is, is really rewarding. Yeah, I guess that low resource environment, particularly that, that pitch side care that you're providing, that can really put you on the spot. You know, I'm assuming a lot of times you'd be the only doctor on the pitch and that sort of thing. I uh, work at Collingwood Football Club as well, so I look after the AFL women and the, and the VFL there. And obviously the AFL women's games are all, all televised. And the odd VFL one is, if you're a real footy tragic, you can catch the VFL on TV as well. But um it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing to sit back and look, you know, after a serious injury where you've had to help someone from the field or something to go back and look at what you, you know, the, the work that you've, you've done and whether you, whether you got it right and what, what you could have done differently and did it look, does it look slick? And is it, you know, it's, that's one thing that we, we joke about. You're working in a multidisciplinary team there with the physios and you know, sports trainers and things and um, going back over the, the video and saying, oh, what, what did we do well? What could we have done differently? You know, did we, did we provide the best care there? But you never, you know, it keeps you under the under the pump because you're never far away from having your your decisions uh, criticised. We've all seen the um, <laughs> the YouTube footage of people falling off stretches and all that sort of stuff, which is obviously the, the nightmare scenario. That's pretty unique to sports medicine. Yeah, there's no no cameras in the ED and that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, probably probably for the best. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> With the rehabilitation side of things, as well as just more general treatment, there'd be a lot more patient involvement in the treatment because it's physical that that would create a, a pretty unique environment yeah definitely that so a lot of the treatment programs that we prescribe rely on the patient actually doing the exercises for example or 
or often they're involving a multidisciplinary team. Like we obviously work pretty closely with physiotherapists and podiatrists and osteos and myos and that sort of thing. Another thing I really like about it is you have to get the patient to buy in. Otherwise, you you won't get anywhere because obviously if you you know most of the time they're they're harassing you for more things that they can do to to get themselves better but but sometimes they're not you know the chronic pain sort of space in um, sports medicine is is significant as well you know we see a lot of back pain and things like that and often these people have really been through the ringer they've seen a lot of they've had pain for a long time or they've seen a lot of different health professionals so part of the role is being a fantastic communicator I think and clearly articulating to people why what you're asking them to do is important. Because whilst some people love exercise and really have a good good relationship with it, for other people, it's just a source of discomfort and, and hard work. So I think part of what we do is keeping things simple and, and effective and making sure that the exercises or the, you know, whatever treatment plan it may be that we're prescribing, that it, that it works for, for your patient in front of you and it's, it's different for everyone. Yeah, it might be a, an elite athlete that you're trying to hold back or it might be someone who you're trying to motivate. Um, you know, so it's... That's the, the nice part of the, the job, I think, having to, to really work hard on your communication skills to make sure you, you're getting your message through and it's not just an arbitrary or cookie-cutter approach. What's the effect on the patient seeing basically the fruits of their labour, that the exercises that they're doing is directly affecting their health outcomes? Yeah, well, and this is the thing. So we know that the, the sustainable, you know, positive results that people get, they get from, from self-management strategies you know i think in the whole the whole sort of musculoskeletal field it's things are moving away from that uh, like manual therapy guru sort of approach where I, you come to me and i fix you and more so i'm helping i'm facilitating you getting yourself better and um, sort of getting the most out of your own your own body so it's incredibly satisfying when you see the confidence in in someone and you've and they've really largely done it themselves you've helped them or you might have provided them a pain-free window so they can get through their exercises to get better but it's pretty unique in that way i think certainly not the the classical um medical model i guess Hmm. what does the future look like for you moving forward so it's a four-year training program so i'll finish off my first year in february and then we ba- we basically throughout the training program have to work at at least two different different practices. Some people work at, at more to sort of expose you to a variety of practitioners. And you probably heard from other other people how it's uh, we're a bit different because we're based in private practice. There are very few public hospital posts in sports medicine for now. So for me personally, I'll, I'm currently in the process of finding a, a placement for next year. Um, and yeah, I'll just look to sort of broaden my experience working in different sports and with different. Um, groups of people and being exposed to different sort of experienced clinicians who you can pick and choose and take little little bits from. I guess the other thing I didn't mention about what's really nice about sportsmen is just how friendly everyone is. The first time I went to a AC, SEP conference, I couldn't believe how approachable and egoless everyone was, which is, which is lovely. Have you got mm. any advice for people looking at getting into sports and exercise medicine? Um, I think the important thing is to... It's, it's never too soon to start to start looking into it. So I think go along to a conference, you know, read some journal articles. The opportunities for involvement in, in sport in particular are many and varied. At the moment, it's a bit, a bit limited, but next year, next year we all presume we'll be back to normal. And you can always volunteer, or if you're a junior doctor, there's, a, there's always sporting teams that need uh, medical coverage. And if you, you can always reach out to people who are senior to you who will give you advice. And if you, you, you know, you rarely feel out of your depth. And I think that the sooner you start getting experience, the, the better it is in terms of, you know, not only making you a better clinician, but also 
in terms of your CV and things like that. Like every specialty, it's becoming more and more competitive. So it's, it's worthwhile. If you think you might be interested in it, try it out. And it gives you a good, good feel for things. Thanks to our guests for taking the time to discuss their work and thank you for listening. You can find out more about the study and training opportunities across regional Victoria by visiting monash.edu forward slash medicine forward slash SRH. This episode was part of a series of conversations with doctors in regional Victoria. There's more episodes available which focus on a wide range of medical specialties. Find us on your podcast app of choice. And if you're enjoying the series so far, give us a five-star rating too. It helps us reach more people looking at a career in rural medicine. The Northwest Victoria and Gippsland Regional Training Hubs have commissioned this podcast to help medical students and junior doctors learn more about training and practicing medicine in regional Australia. There are hubs all across the country. To find out where your nearest regional training hub is, visit the link in the episode show notes or just search regional training hubs. And finally, this podcast was brought to you by Monash Rural Health, presented by Patrick Laverick, that's me, and it was made possible by funding from the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program at the Commonwealth Department of Health.